0: Brothers and sisters, your fight to make sure we get prevailing wage on public works projects is everybody's fight because what you're fighting for is what is right and just and true. And we will win this fight. And we'll win it together. Thank you very much, brothers and Setting the record straight on public works legislation for the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. As the 2019 legislative session winds down in Albany, construction union members were wound up. On Tuesday, rallying at the Capitol for passage of public works legislation. Last month on this podcast, we talked about public works and prevailing wage with Pat Purcell, the executive director of Greater New York Laborers, Employers, Cooperation and Education Trust. Pat and Lessett continue to fight to get public works legislation passed. Since that podcast, some have been spreading a misinformation campaign when it comes to public works legislation. Our president, the president of the New York State AFL-CIO Mario Salento, was the first person you heard at the top of the show. He issued a strongly worded statement last week and spoke at the rally yesterday to set the record straight on public works legislation. As Mario stated, this legislation ensures that anytime time taxpayer dollars are used on construction work, we should be raising the standard of living and quality of life for our workforce and all New Yorkers by paying prevailing wage on those projects. One of the several unions that attended the June 11th rally was District Council 9 of the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. Devon Lomax is the political director of District Council 9. I spoke with Devon just two hours before that rally. Devon Lomax, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So first, why don't you tell me and our listeners a little bit about District Council 9 and the members that you represent. Who are these folks?
1: We're the New York District Council 9 of the Painters and Allied Trades Union, um, also known as the IUPAT, the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. Um, we represent about 11,000 members um, stretching from all of Long Island, New York City, Westchester, um, in every county all the way up uh, to the uh, Canadian border, uh, with the exception of Western New York. That's District Council 4. Um, We represent seven different trades, painters, bridge painters, drywall tapers, uh, glaziers, metal polishers, wallpaper hangers, and sign and display. Um, You know, our members are very diverse. Our apprenticeship program is very diverse. um, And, you know, we're very politically active. We have three training centers throughout our jurisdiction, um, one here in Albany, uh, one in um, Wappinger Falls, and one in Queens.
0: Okay. So your members have been very active in the Public Works campaign to address some of the legal, regulatory, and legislative changes that have eroded the intent of the Public Works law over the years. Can you talk a little bit about that and what this legislation would do?
1: Well, the legislation, we're intending it for to expand what, what um, where prevailing wage uh, would apply um, on Public Works. Right now, um, there's a gray area in the state where if even in some cases where there's partial money that the state funds for a project that sometimes it, uh prevailing wage applies and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, there's cases where the state owns a piece of land and then, you know, a developer develops on top of it. Um, you know, sometimes prevailing wage applies, sometimes it doesn't. So really what what we're here trying to do is just to, um, to clarify the law, uh, make it clear when prevailing wage applies and when it doesn't. And we also know that developers are making a lot of money on these projects. Um, so in our heads, we believe that public projects, public subsidies come with public responsibility. And um, and that's what we're here trying to uh, encourage the legislature to uh, pass this bill.
0: And uh, just to clarify, too, so this is prevailing wage. It wouldn't just be for union members. It would be for anyone working on the project. Yep. Right?
1: Everyone. Uh, prevailing wage does not mean union um, it means for every construction project that the state funds um, prevailing wage really just levels the playing field um, for you know even out- of- state contractors that come in they would all have to pay this uh, the standard wages that prevailing wage applies to um, so yes non-union workers would you know would get prevailing wage and um, which in some in some cases in a lot of cases you know would give them a bump up in pay
0: Sure. So part of the misinformation campaign that we're kind of pushing back on right now is the claim that public works legislation will raise project costs. Can you speak to that? Um
1: well, it's just—I mean, myself—I worked in the construction industry for a lot of years, um, and you know, even when I was a, a foreman and a super, you know, labor cost is never more than twenty-five percent in most cases. Um, so, the so it's just a myth that uh, that labor cost is going to go up. Um, you know, prevailing wage when prevailing wage is applied, we know that it's going to the local workforce most of the time, um, and even when there's partially funded, uh, state-funded projects with out-of-state contractors coming in, we know that, you know, they're taking the money and they're going back to wherever they are, Pennsylvania, Jersey. Uh, We know that our workers, the money's going to stay here. They're going to use their money here. And it's just going to flow right back into other public projects um, and other needs that the state that the state needs.
0: And wasn't that the whole intent of the law or getting it written into the Constitution was that you don't want out-of-state people coming in and then using our taxpayer money and then leaving?
1: Yeah, we wanted to stay here. Um, you know, our like I said, all, all 11,000 of our members live here, and, um, you know, we want the money to cycle where we live.
0: So there's also those opposed to this legislation who claim that it'll hurt minority-owned businesses and workers of color. Can you set the record straight on that claim?
2: Well, the,
1: minor- the MWBEs, you know... The state already mandates, I forget if it's 30 percent or 40 percent. So if you expand prevailing wage, it's going to apply to, to those folks also. Um, you know, it, it, so it really wouldn't hurt um, MWBEs at the end of the day. Um, in Explain
0: fact, what MWBEs are. Uh,
1: uh, Minari and Women Business Enterprises. Um, you know, it would expand to them and it would give them more opportunity to get on a lot of these bigger projects. Um, so the whole claim that it's it will hurt them um, its just not true.
0: Now, I know there um, was some studies done recently, and there's more minorities represented in the union construction workforce than in non-union construction workforce. And apprenticeship programs are the reason why. Um, can you talk about the apprenticeship programs at DC-9 and how they've made a difference and in increased diversity in the trades over the years? We've been here since Tuesday. Ray Feliciano is finally going home. After spending three days in the cold, nothing warms him up quite as much as the prospect of a better life. The pension? And the benefits. They're excellent. Feliciano left the Painters Union District Council Number 9 happy and hopeful.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a product of, of District Council 9 apprenticeship program. Um, and as of right now, as it stands now, our apprenticeship program is 70% minority in women. Seventy um, percent. Yeah, I don't know any um, non-union apprenticeship program that could ever say that. Um, a lot, in in some cases, there's there's non-union apprenticeship programs that haven't graduated anyone um, in ten years, right? Um, so you know, the diversity. I'm very proud sit, to sit here and proud to say that in District Council Nine, you know, we are a very diverse membership, ranging from everything from men to women, black, white, um, Asian, Latino, um, gay, straight, all the way down the line. You know, when, when folks say that, you know, the trades and we're not diverse and everything, I always want to question the back. Well, have you actually ever been on a construction site, on a union construction site? Mm -hmm. You know, and most of the time they say no. Um, And I always challenge anyone to come see our apprenticeship program, come see what we do, come to a job site, and then make your decision or your opinion from there. Um, So, yeah.
0: And uh, we're going to let people know we'll link to um, some options for them to get involved in this campaign. But is there anything that they can do through D.C. 9 to be able to make sure their voice is heard on this issue?
1: You know, they can call their legis- their local legislator to let them know that they're, um, you know, why this bill is important to them, um, why they think that construction workers um, should get paid a fair wage, um, and especially in a state where the development community is making millions and millions of dollars. Um, And it shouldn't be off the back of the workers. They can reach out to me and I'll let them know any local events that that we're having.
0: Very good. Thank you, Devon. I appreciate you taking the time today. No problem. Joining me now on the podcast is our digital director, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. So I know you've been working on some things for people to get active, involved in this uh, campaign. What is it that they can do to help?
2: So, right now, you can take out your cell phone and text Public Works to 877 877. It puts you into the text program and you put reply with your name and address, and we'll connect you right to your senator. Uh, That way, you know, you can contact them. You can tell them exactly uh, why you want Public Works passed. And then we take all those calls. And when we go to lobby, we tell the senator, you know, we know that you spoke with 15 members or 20 members or 100 members uh, from your district who want Public Works passed. So it's really important to get as many of those calls in as possible. So, again, text Public Works to 877-877. 877.
0: And for those who have never done that before, how does it work? Will they actually p- be put right through to a staffer or their legislator and, and they'll be able to have a conversation back and forth or is it leaving a message?
2: Yeah. So when, once you reply with your name and address, uh, your phone will ring. You'll pick it up. It'll be a recording um, that is a message saying why it's important to, to support public works and what we want you to tell the senator. Uh, and then it connects through to their office if we can connect you know, directly to their office. If not, it'll go to the switchboard. Uh, but somebody will immediately pick up the phone and you can start having that conversation right away.
0: And you and I know that that is a really effective means of uh, getting their attention for sure. Absolutely. So, and uh, Kevin's going to also include a link with our, our podcast so that people can share that. And um, I'm sure you're going to have some information up on our website. So if people are looking for some talking points to be able to use in that conversation.
2: Absolutely. You know, we people have been having the question about, well, public works is and prevailing wage is a law. And really, we're, we're getting the rest of the information out there that it is the law, but it needs to be clarified. It needs to apply to all public subsidies. So we'll have information on the show notes. Uh, And we'll link back to, uh, you know, an article on our page that, that explains it in detail as well.
0: Okay, sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. Until next time, stay union, stay strong.